It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stay tuned for Wee's Playhouse. That sounds like fun. It's time for the telecast. Brought to you by the Geekcast Radio Network. I'm your host, Optimus Solo, and I would like to say hello and welcome to the 30th episode of the Telecast, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. Um, today, I have with me two guest hosts for the first time in a while. Um, first off, introducing back on the show, TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello. And also, back on the show is Steve Megatron Phillips. Hello. Hello. And today, the three of us will be talking about...
That's right, folks. We are talking about Pee-wee's Playhouse. And before we get too far into our discussion, here's a quick bit of background information on the show. It debuted in 1986, ran for five seasons until 1990. It was a 30-minute show, lasted 45 episodes, and it aired on CBS. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Pee-wee's Playhouse was a live-action Saturday morning children's program. Designed as an educational yet entertaining and artistic show for children. Uh, its conception was greatly influenced by 1950s shows that Paul Rubens watched as a child, like Rocky and Bullwinkle, The Mickey Mouse Club, Captain Kangaroo, Howdy Doody, and some shows like that. So, starting off with Mr. TFG1, Mike, what do you remember about Pee Wee's Playhouse from your childhood? Um, I remember really liking it and getting into it. It's Pee Wee's Playhouse was. At least from my memory, it was, it wasn't like the sh- the kids shows of today where they're like, you know, hey, what what object do we need? Point to your TV and tell us type of thing. But it was similar to those like you know, uh, like Blues Clues, like you know, Dora the Explorer. But it was just wacky and off the wall. It's for me, it was pretty much Beekman's World without the science because it was that crazy. It was definitely unique. Yeah. You think? <laughs> I mean, there was nothing else. That's what its appeal was for me, is that it was like nothing else that was on TV at that time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was close to kind of what we talked about in the last episode, Hey Vern, It's Ernest, and some stuff like that. You know, maybe harkening back to olden days of like, you can't do that on television. It's just something completely randomly weird and something you'd never mm-hmm. seen before. And as a kid, that's kind of cool because, you know, you see your cookie-cutter cartoons or you see your, you know, cookie-cutter educational type stuff. And this was bizarro. Oh, yes, very much so. <clears throat> Steve, what do you remember about Pee-wee? Uh, a lot. I, I, and, and this show was one of my most favorite kid shows growing up, as long as it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did I get to actually catch the tail end of it on TV, I got to see the rest on reruns. But the the playhouse, which is cool because there were voices for everything, you know, the couch, the window, you know, uh, his drawing board. It He had a, a freaking map on the wall that was a clock and <laughs> you, you had a cow that would just randomly appear. I mean, it, everything about this show was goofy. Yeah. Did, did any of you have any of the uh, the toys for it? I might have had a Pee Wee Herman doll, but I didn't have. I don't think I had any actual other toys other than that. I'm pretty sure I remember my sister, one of my sister's friend, having some type of playhouse playset. Oh, I'm sure they made one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had it. <laughs> Just seems like it would be one of the best playsets ever. The one thing I remember about watching this show was, uh, you know. For those of you who have listened to us here at GeekCast Radio for the last three years now, um, you know, Steve has always perfected his Megatron voice for Beast Wars Megatron. As a kid, I was imitating Pee-wee. And I could, as a kid, I could do a almost near-perfect Pee-wee Herman impression. I can't do it now. But uh, <laughs> That's that was one of puberty the things. Hits. Huh? <laughs> it's one of those ones you Say, can do before puberty hits. Uh, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I have only fond memories of this. I know my sister and I watched this a lot. She was really into it, you know, and I, as a kid, I couldn't really separate the show from the movies that all kind of ran together for me. Yeah, I, yeah, it so did. But uh, it was just cool to have a bunch of different things to see him in, whether it be the movies, the show, or, or whatever. Um kind of getting into the who's who and, and we'll talk about some of the characters as we remember some of this stuff uh, first and foremost I always remember uh, Cowboy Curtis <laughs> just, it's the fish just because it was Lawrence Fishburne I don't know I mean I, I did recognize him even in the show as somebody that I'd seen elsewhere but as a kid I wouldn't have known his name or anything like that but I always just thought it was cool to have, you know, the African-American cowboy guy. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> the the Jerry Curl mullet. And... Yeah. So that was one of my favorite characters, outside of, obviously, Paul Rubens and, and, and right. Pee-wee, as Pee-wee. Um, what about you guys? What were some of the characters that kind of stuck out for you? Steve? Um, I loved Conky. <laughs> that that was one. I just, I mean, I love robots anyway, but 
I, right. I just I love the the quirks to that character. I loved Captain Carl, which at the time I didn't realize I was actually watching uh, Phil Hartman, which yeah. I love damn near everything he does. But uh, going back and watching some of these clips, I was like, wow, that is hilarious. <laughs> like I love that character, and you know, of course, you got Cowboy Curtis and uh, the King of Cartoons. <laughs> that, that that was awesome. Um, I I love. Most of most of the uh, the quirky characters that were you know in the show like Magic Screen Zombie, mm. uh, the uh, and, and they had goofy names too like Clocky and you know just yeah. Yeah, stuff stuff kind of just globy and <laughs> you know things that were very descriptive of what they are. Right. But I, I, remember, I remember a lot of it. I remember Jambi as well being one of my favorite uh, characters, a little genie head. Um, like you said, Magic Screen and Cherry and uh, Terry the Pterodactyl. Um, was one of the, the puppet band was kind of cool. There's just a lot. It was a, it was a good mix of uh, of characters. And, you know, you had a, a little bit of everything. What about you, Mike? I going back and I have not watched this show in years and going back and finding clips on YouTube which we'll talk about later as far as what's on that but um, I when I first saw Captain Carl again I was like hey is that Dennis Quaid I didn't even see I was more so paying attention to the voice and it didn't even sound like the Phil Hartman that I knew Um, but that's awesome you know you guys already mentioned Cowboy Curtis one thing that surprises me about this show you have uh, Lieutenant Van Buren as Reba the Reba the Mail Lady. You have Esopathia Markerson before Law and Order. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that in the script, I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> as far as the um, as far as the the puppets and the objects, I liked Magic Screen. I liked Mister Window. I liked Clocky. Um, I liked Conky. Uh, going back and watching it, uh, outside of Paul Rubin's, um, let's just say, other activities after this show aired. Going back and watching this, I can't help but thinking that Cherry is molesting him every time she, every time he sits in her. Well, I did always grab him. Yeah, I did yeah. always think that was kind of weird because he's like sitting on her, and then... yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little bit strange as a kid seeing that, but uh, no, there's definitely some cool. I, I like Magic Screen just because it was like an etch a sketch. Yeah, and essentially, yes. You know, obviously, most kids had one of those that they could play with. Um, I don't know that each each one just had at certain things. Like there were certain traditional things that each one would do, or each one would say. And as a kid, anything that like recurring, you know, yeah. has routine, usually you are drawn to it. Yeah, and a couple of times when the when the actual Huey's Playhouse gang or whatever would come over, those kids, those those actual kids would come over and like, can we look in your mouse hole? And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a family of mice. No, it's a family of friggin' dinosaurs living in a mouse hole. <laughs> I mean, this almost, and I don't I don't want to sound insulting to Fraggle Rock, but with Pee-wee and all his stuff in the playhouse, and then the mouse hole with the dinosaurs in it, it's it's almost like the Fraggles and the Doozers. <laughs> Where you have two very different societies uh, coexisting together. Yeah. I also remember um, Penny. I didn't remember until I was rewatching the episodes, but uh, which was a claymation blonde girl with pennies for her eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness, I remember that so much. You know, it was kind of like, uh, made me. It brought out that feeling that you had from like some of those shows when we were really young kids, like the educational shows that would do claymation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember Penny as well, <clears throat> and of course the uh, I'm going to get the names wrong, but who was the little uh, puppet guy, like the bully? Oh man, I wish Randy? I could. Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy the bully, and yeah. he would always be causing all kinds of chaos, and I just wanted to throw him across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like him. Uh, you know, going. Uh, oh wow! Um, looking at uh, some of the other ones down the list here, Conky's repairman Johnny Wilson, Jimmy <laughs> Smits. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah, Sandra Bernhard from uh, Sa- Roseanne, I think. Yeah, Sandra Bernhard as as Rhonda. Yeah, you definitely had some famous people showing up. You know, yeah. at different stages of their career. Um, 
with you know Lawrence Fishburne and Hartman and Jimmy Smits and like you said, um, a Path of Marcuson and there's a lot of lot of different people showing up. Yeah, very cool. Um, any anybody that you guys just couldn't stand or didn't like or anybody we haven't brought up? Um, not really. Uh, as 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 a kid, I liked all the characters that I saw. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, um, where my uh, disdain for the show is going to come in as an adult here in a bit. <laughs> I, so. I, I didn't necessarily like the talking cow as much. And, and I didn't necessarily like the humongous salesman. <laughs> no, I didn't like those two really that much. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the other ones I liked. Those were those, you know, those two along with with the bully um, were probably my three least favorites: Randy and the salesman and the cow. Yeah, yeah. Steve, anything else that you didn't like, or any anybody we didn't bring up? Um, not really anybody. I mean, I I think that we've pretty much covered the 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 main ones. Um, yeah. I, d- I don't think I have any other dislikes besides the the three we mentioned. Alrighty then. That means it's time for our next segment, which is the good, the bad, the ugly. That's right. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of Pee Wee's Playhouse. And like always, we will start with the intro and the theme song, Mike. As a kid, I liked it. I thought it was very unique compared to anything else I was watching at the time. Uh, as an adult, I can't fucking stand it. Really? It's one. As, as an adult, I would rank it as one of the worst theme songs ever. Boo! <laughs> I disagree. I, I I don't necessarily like the in the first half of it or the first part, like the introduction part, where it's kind of like weird and jungly and and whatnot. But I like that part where it gets me is is when they start singing. Oh, see, that's like, when I love it. That's when oh, I. Oh, my head hurts. No, that's the best part. No, mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> Steve, what do you think? I love the theme song. There's, I, I can sit there and listen to that on loop. Yeah. <laughs> on loop. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's also cool. The visuals were cool for it and, and getting to see him come in and, and, and do his thing. And, and just the fact that it was like a, you, you could hear little bits of everybody singing. Um, it just it was very, very catchy. Now, the first part was weird to me. The first, like, 30 seconds is kind of weird because you would never know what show you're watching. Like, oh, if yeah. I. If I played the first 30 seconds for a kid that was growing up in the 80s, they'd be like, what show is this? But then, uh, obviously, as soon as it hits, people would be like, oh, I didn't know that first part existed. But, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's catchy. It, I think you're out of your mind, Mike. It's, uh, well, it's fine. You know, we're all entitled to our opinions. I'm, I'm saying it's like, you know. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> the way, shut up. The way that, you know, now that you're talking about the first part, how it's coming up to the house, the way I look at it is it's. Similar to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where you're going down the street, you know, through the town or whatever else, same thing here. You're going through some random jungle, and then you come to this oasis, and here's Pee-wee's Playhouse. I'm, I'm going to try to keep track of how many shows you're going to reference that this is, <laughs> has similarities to. Shut up. I got Fraggle Rock and Mr. Rogers so far. And, uh, <laughs> no, you had uh, Beekman, too, I think. Yep, Beekman, right. too. <laughs> um Next, I want to just kind of talk a little bit about the format, um, being that, you know, you have this person who basically lives and not necessarily lives, but plays in this fantastic playhouse um, situated in Puppet Land, which was obviously known as Pee-wee's Playhouse. So, you know, this isn't where he lives. It's not depicted as somewhere where he stays because he comes to it at the beginning of every episode. He leaves it at the end of every episode. So this is just kind of like his play, you know, place to play. Um, which is obviously filled with all these different things, toys, gadgets, puppet characters, you know, everything like that. So as far as, like, uh, that type of setting and then the kind of quick 
segments as far as jumping around from you know talking with this set of characters to doing this little animation to watching an old-fashioned cartoon to like doing that what did you think of the actual format of the show steve and 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 how they had it set up and the whole idea of just having a show based around somebody's playhouse uh i for one i just i I loved the show the how they they I loved having all the different skits because uh, mostly as a child, your attention span is next to nothing. <laughs> so if they can, you know, hit you with one point and then hurry up and go on to the next point really quickly, it's it, it's more conducive to do uh, to keep the child entertained, meaning that they'll want to sit there and watch more of it right. for a longer period of time. So I like now I can still sit there and watch it. Uh, I can watch a whole episode. I can't sit there and watch a marathon of it in a row, but um, I, I still I, I love the fact that you know you've got the neighbors, and then you might have a puppet skit, or you might have somebody you know on the magic screen, or you might have one of the claymation elements. I mean, it's just there's so many different things in there that you never know what you're going to watch during the course of the show. And and for a kid who doesn't want to spend the day at a house full of play things like it just it's like I, I to me i just wanted to be in at peewee's playhouse at you know like where is this place can i come visit it because as a kid i mean it's just got everything you got pets you got friends you got toys you got cartoons you got i mean you had everything you had objects that were going to talk to you i mean it was like every kid's dream to be have a playhouse like this that they could visit and it's something unique that I don't think we had ever seen before, as far as the actual setting of a kid's show. Like we've no. had, we've had in people's houses where they where they actually live. You know, we've had them at schools, we've had them, you know, at all different places. But to have it at an actual playhouse that's just used during the day that you don't stay at is, to me, very unique. Well, and still, they haven't really done that since. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of that they've done, they've maybe done, there might have been like a few cartoons that have tried it, but nothing like live action like this. Um, Mike, no, what do you not, think? Of- not since this. Right. Nothing live action since this or before it to me. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, as we've said, and as I've brought up, and I'll bring it up again, you know, you've had you had stuff like, you know, Mr. Rogers is is the closest thing that's that's you know you the you know similar to this as far as you know someone going into a house that is not where they live, and you know just spending the day playing around. Um, yeah, and I, I think this show was unique for its time, and I don't think that there's you know a way to bring this show back. There's no personality right now in Hollywood. Or any actors that I know of that could really bring this show back, or this this not this specific show, but this type of show, and yeah. just the, the the stuff that it captured. It was it was just timeless and classic. Outside of Paul Rubens, of course. He's a little old now, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, once you turn vampire and Buffy the Vampire Slayer in '92, you don't go back from that. <laughs> <laughs> you only you would bring up a Buffy reference. That's Shut true. Up. <laughs> Going into some of the recurring gags, devices, themes that we had, etc. Obviously, every show, one part, and these are the things that you know strike memories in me as a kid. You know, like oh, I remember this because it happened over and over again. But the uh, the secret word, as far as uh, every day, he would come in and he would tell uh, the, everybody, the audience, and the the crew what the secret word was, and if they ever heard it, you know, you're supposed to scream real loud and wave your hands around and go crazy. Um, what did you think about the secret word, Mike? Do you remember that part at all? Oh, yeah. As a kid, I thought it was an ex- exciting. Watching it back over the last week or so, it drove me nuts. <laughs> As a kid, though, you were just trying to pick out or, or you you try to predict when they were going to say it. Because yeah, they I set mean, it up. And it's nowadays it's so obvious because, uh, you know, Window would say, oh, hey, someone's at the door. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> or a couple times they'd start, they'd catch themselves or not say yeah. it, or they'd try to trick each other into saying it, which was kind of a fun game. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Steve? Um, I thought it was quite entertaining, and, and yeah, it, it it is very predictable when they're going to do it. You can <laughs> you can just see it as an adult. It's it's not anything, you know. It, it's very obvious, but 
and I can agree to some extent while watching it, it does get a little annoying hearing people go, ah, you know, just <laughs> randomly throughout the show. But um, for a kid, that's, you know, that would, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the next one was probably my one of my favorite parts of all of Pee-wee's Playhouse because people would visit him or people would bring him stuff. And instead of bringing him like a toy or some other type of present or food or candy or something, a lot of times they would bring him a piece of foil. <laughs> and then out would come the giant foil ball. And he'd be like, oh, let's see how big the fo- giant foil ball is today. And it would roll out and it's like the size of a freaking, I don't even, it's like a size of a human being. Um, it's he, probably the size of about if you if you you know mush together about twenty basketballs. Yeah, it, you know. And then he adds the little foil to it and then rolls it back for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that. I loved that. We as 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 a kid, me and my friends didn't um, didn't do the tin foil thing, mm-hmm. but we did rubber band balls. Oh my god! <laughs> some of my friends had a rubber band ball three times the size of my head. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just fun, and, and to see the size that that foil ball was was just ridiculous. I mean, obviously, it wasn't probably all foil, but uh, it, it was pretty impressive. And I just liked how it rolled in and rolled back out. Steve, what do you think about foil ball? Uh, I thought that was quite entertaining, honestly. Did you ever try to recreate one? No, I never cared to do that. That was just I, I liked the fact that, that it was on the show and then you could hear it rumbling through like somebody attached a microphone to it as it rump- rolled, but I never cared to actually try. Yeah. That would be the only issue with the foil ball when it's rolling because you have to make sure you roll it on a certain side without, you know, rolling over and just squishing the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have done the sound outside of the actual ball, but that's true. But yeah, I mean, it was just a something again, like a unique recurring gag that it was like fun to see every once in a while. Um, another thing I want to talk about is we kind of talked about the format a little bit, but and we talked about some of the characters. But what did you guys think of the whole idea of having not only voiced? Uh, character objects, but having the human characters come in and out and, and stuff like that, and just having this variety of different types of characters. Did you have a preference uh, as far as like objects versus the human characters, or in you know, as a kid, did they all like, coexist in the same world accurately, or did you think? Yeah, for close? me, they kind of all blended together because you know, it, it was just one of those things where sometimes you would have Cowboy Curtis, sometimes you would have. You know, the dinosaurs or, you know, something like that. And sometimes it would just be, you know, Cherry and Conky and and all those people. What really kind of got to me as a, as a kid and even now is um, uh, when he would go into the photo booth and <laughs> either see the sea captain or, or something like that. Because it was like, now granted, this is 1986 to 1990. You know, technology wasn't at its peak. But... The picture just looked like crap on the inside of the photo booth. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, are, are you talking about the the actual picture phone? No, I'm talking about inside the photo booth when he was talking to Captain uh, Carl. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, you know, I had to deal with what it was in 1980s, but I, I understand your point there. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Steve? Did you have a preference as human characters over the objects, or did they all coexist accurately for you? Uh, they were all pretty... I, I I didn't really have a personal preference. There there were certain human characters I could have done without, and certain uh, puppet-muppet things that I could do without as well. So, I mean, it was kind of an even mixed lot there. Yeah. Personally, I, I enjoyed the voice characters because it was cool seeing things like chairs and clocks and, and stuff like that talk. And I only really liked like one or two of the human characters, and some of the other ones just annoyed me. Um, I also thought it was cool whenever he went to visit his toys. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Know, that, that segment was something I had completely forgotten, but he would go over to his toy shelf, which was basically you had these shelves of toys that were uh, rotating around going you know from side to side and 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 then he would like visit the toys instead of actually playing with the toys it would like go into like the world of the toys and them like doing all their stuff it was just kind of like a wacky i don't even know how to describe it like it was just 
it, it wasn't what you expect because usually if someone's going to go to their toys, they're going to take a toy. You know, they're going to put yeah. their hands on it. They're physically going to do something with it. And instead, he went to his toys and like was the observer. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of wacky, as it should be. Um, then they had the picture phone and the magic screen, which we talked about. But the reason I wanted to bring up the magic screen again was one of my most repeated things, probably. My sister and I repeated two things from the show a whole lot. And one of them was the connect the dots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, we used to do that all the time. Like, whenever we would have, a, like, a, a workbook or something that had to connect the dots or when we were at school. And the- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Somebody gave us a connect the dots immediately. We would have to bust out that peewee connect the dots song type thing yeah um and the other thing which i don't have down here but we even probably repeated more than the connect the dots was with our floating head of a genie oh yeah with his mecha lecha high mecha hiney ho yeah <laughs> that those two lines the connect the dots and the mecha lecha high mecha hiney ho I probably wore out and annoyed some people with. Leave that hose hiney alone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, What did you guys think about the way he left each day? It was great. You know, riding through the riding through the woods on your bike you know be careful of the big bad wolf well i thought it was crazy for that first part when he's actually in the playhouse and the bike is like in the wall or in the door type thing and he gets on it and then it just kind of like shoots him through the playhouse (laughs) i know yeah and then all of a sudden he's like randomly like you even as a kid you know this is like totally fake but he's like just got this like random bike going through different environments and like Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing about the bike, though, for me was the bike was so awesome and magical on on the exits because that would eventually transition into uh, Big Adventure, the first movie, where his bike got stolen. Yeah. You know, his his bike is is one of... That came out before before this, though, didn't it? I'd have to look it up. Pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like the that the bike. If it uh, if it came out before the the show, I saw the movie after I had seen Pee Wee's Playhouse. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, the, the show the show eighty six um, eighty six Pee Wee's Big Adventure was nineteen eighty five eighty five. So a year early. Yeah, I I I had seen it like probably late eighty six, early eighty seven when I saw the the uh, the actual movie. Um. But the thing about the bike is, though, it's, especially with that movie, and even here in Pee-wee's Playhouse, it's one of, if not his most prized possession, because that's how he gets around. Mm-hmm. I always was like, I always could never understand why he would want to leave the Playhouse. I mean, I knew he had to, because that's not where he lived, but I was like, no, why would you leave? Stay there, and how far away do you live? It's okay, he'll be back tomorrow, because this was uh, syndicated, right? This it was, was well, Saturday morning. Right, it was on. Oh, it was only okay. Yeah, yeah Saturday mornings. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I thought it was insane. But uh, it seemed like he lived a far distance away. Yeah, he was on that bike for a while, going through all kinds of different places. <laughs> um, any other segments or recurring things or quotes or you know something that you remember from watching this that I didn't bring up, Mike? Mm-mm, no, Steve. Mm, not really. Alrighty, that means it's time for our next segment, which is... Things that make you go, hmm. That's right, it's time for things you might not know about Pee-wee's Playhouse. Um, First off, in 2004 and in 2007, when TV Guide did its top cult shows ever, uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse ranked number 10 the one year and number 12 the other year. And that makes sense to me. I mean, there was definitely a cult following for this show and still is today. Mm -hmm. 
Um, second thing you might not know is that in its entire run, Pee Wee's Playhouse won 15 different Emmys as well as other awards, and it was nominated for like 30 or 40 some different awards. So it was definitely an award show magnet. Uh, Captain Kangaroo's Bob Keeshan hailed the show's awesome production values, adding, with the possible exception of the Muppets, you can't find such creativity anywhere on TV. I'm just trying to illustrate that it's okay to be different, not that it's good, not that it's bad, but that it's all right. I'm trying to tell kids to have a good time and encourage them to be creative and to question things, is what Paul Rubens told an interviewer in Rolling Stone. So a couple quotes from Bob Keeshan and Paul Rubens there. And the third thing that you might not know is that the fourth and the fifth seasons were filmed back-to-back without the usual break between seasons, Uh, so they were all done right after each other. And CBS offered Rubens a deal for a sixth season, but he actually turned it down, saying that he was exhausted and tired from the first five seasons. So that is technically why Pee-wee's Playhouse came to an end, because Paul Rubens did not want to continue, not because it's like our usual where the where the company or the channel actually acts right. it. Right. Well, you know, see the see see the thing is like and, and again I am gonna reference this again because it was it was such a departure for me seeing this uh, from him. Playing a you know a vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is just a regular, you know, guest bit acting role um, in that nineteen ninety two movie, that's a lot different than having to be up here and all excited and yeah, 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 you know, it, that, that's a lot different because, yeah, I, I'm sure something, you know, the way he acted on Pee Wee's Playhouse, that probably took a toll on him. And I don't blame him for not continuing on with it. No, I mean, I could see it being uh, having to be at that level of energy and, and whatnot couldn't all pretty, the time pretty yeah. easily be a tiring thing. So it yeah. makes sense. And, you know, after five seasons or so, I mean, it, it probably also got to the point where it had run its course as far as, I mean, I know they were very creative and they could have probably come up with new stuff, but, you know, most shows don't last more than five seasons. Mm. So, if they're that smart. Does, what's that? If they're smart, they don't last more than five yeah. seasons. Otherwise, they let it die. They overstay their welcome. <laughs> Unless you're a really good show. Yeah. Um, so, that does it for what you might not know about Pee Wee. Herman and Pee Wee's Playhouse, but how about where are they now? As far as Paul Rubens goes, obviously we had the scandalous whatever, you know, incidents that we won't get into too much. But uh, as far as what he's doing these days, um, let's see, in the last couple years we've seen him guest star on the WWE. Yeah, (laughs) We have seen him um, appear on Saturday Night Live as Pee Wee. Yep. Um, we have had rumors of him returning to be Pee-wee. Hmm. He's done um, uh, Broadway, though, doing yeah, Pee-wee. He, yeah, he did Broadway Pee-wee. Um, and he said that he's working on a new Pee-wee Herman feature film. Yes. Now, I know he approached the original individuals that did... Um, help him on Pee-wee's Big Adventure being Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also talked to Johnny Depp about having him portray Pee-wee. Yeah. Um, but both of them declined. So he's still kind of trying to figure it out. It seems like he is gung-ho about revisiting it. You know, for a long time he was probably trying to distance himself for it, but it seems like he's come to the point where he embraces it and he's he seems to be the one kind of spearheading a, a, an attempt to bring peewee back to the public in some way shape or form right and that doesn't surprise me actually because i mean we are in an age right now where everybody wants revivals yeah everybody wants what we already had well it's because what they're doing is it's because you see what people like as a kid and now that they're adults and have their own kids it's trying to appeal to that to it makes sense i mean it's not just bringing it back to bring it back. It's bringing it back because they want to capitalize on. A, oh right, no, no, no. I, 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 I agree. But, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if he could pull it off. Or obviously, he was looking for somebody. It seemed like he was looking for somebody else to play the role. So it might just be something as far as trying to be able to find someone who can pull that off effectively. You know, Johnny Depp. It wasn't a bad choice for him to go to, as mm-hmm. far as being someone crazy and wacky. But I think he almost is too old to play that role too. Oh yeah. yeah. 
They they'd almost need like a an up and coming actor in their late twenties, early thirties, and or have a voice actor that could more accurately portray the look and right. still do the voice. You know, so I mean, they they would they would almost have to go that route. Oh, and we should also obviously mention that uh, he also has a voiceover career and most notably as Batmite in Batman yes. the Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Um and some other stuff. So he is definitely still in the in the business. In the business doing what he does. Um as far as some of the other characters, obviously Lawrence Fishburne um most recently we probably know him from CSI. Mm. Um but he did announce this past year that he's going to that he left CSI and is going to go back to uh movies and theater and try to do that route instead of TV. Um, he has been cast in the role of Perry White in the new Christopher Nolan Superman reboot, Man of Steel. And it's going to yeah. be the first time that the character has ever been played by an African-American actor. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I actually have a family member that's working on that movie, um, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, so that's what Lawrence Fishburne's doing these days. Uh, Lynn Marie Stewart most recently appeared in Law and Order SVU, uh, Arrested Development, and the 2011 film Bridesmaids, as well as It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, on a sad note, obviously, unfortunately, Phil Hartman and both uh, both he and William Marshall, who did some of the voices and whatnot, um, have both passed on. Yep. Uh, John Paragon, who was Jombie the Genie, returned to do Jombie the Genie in the Broadway outing of the Pee Wee Herman stage show. Um, so he's still kicking. And obviously, yes, Fathom Murkison um, was on Law & Order forever. Yeah, seven seasons. <laughs> she is apparently, the lo- her character is also the longest-running African-American character in the history of television. Yeah, probably, so, yeah. I mean, that's according to what I'm reading here. So that's kind of interesting. As for most of the other ones, I mean, most of the other ones were just doing voices or roles for Pee Wee and didn't continue or didn't do stuff elsewhere. So it would be pretty hard to track down what they're doing now. So interesting to see if we get a Pee Wee revival. Mm. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. For now, we're going to take a quick break and... Go to some commercials, some GeekCast radio ads, and maybe a few Pee Wee Herman nostalgic sort of clips. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. Hi, Zombie! Hi, Pee Wee. Are you ready to make today's wish? Mm, no, but I'll take a prediction. All right. I predict we'll be back right after this. You can now hear our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, or Palm phones. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smart way to listen to radio. Hi, this is John Delancey, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. The word for today is global. And global's got the one and the only Pee-wee at his playhouse, just for you. Good morning, girls and boys. I'm going through some of my toys. Hey, I'm a poet, and don't know it. Give me all time. And meet some of Pee-wee's friends. <laughs> Howdy, Pee-wee. Howdy, Cowboy Curtis. Who keep the playhouse open. Yeah, I'm right in the middle of cleaning the Kiwi can make anything an adventure, even this. Dad's are gonna miss all the fun. What fun? Vacuuming! It's like Christmas every week at Kiwi's Playhouse. Your so, listen to Pee-wee when he says... Global's got Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's right. Hey, that's me. <laughs> Saturday morning at 10. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's The Telecast, coming to you with an important message about our Listener's Choice episode. That's right, for the first time in GeekCast Radio Network history, we are giving you, the listener, a chance to choose the topic in one of our shows. This is how you can cast your vote for what the topic should be. 
Head on over to geekcastradio.com and click on the Telecast tab at the top of the page. Once there, you can find our complete Season 1 schedule with all 35 episodes. Please look this over, because we would hate for you to cast your vote for a show that is already on our schedule. Once you've done this, just scroll to the section titled Listener's Choice and click on the Comments button. All that's left for you to do now is to cast your vote through a comment. For example, you might say, Hey, I see that Nick Arcade is not in your Season 1 lineup, so I'd like to cast a vote for Nick Arcade to be the Listener's Choice episode. It's that simple. So please go cast your vote for your favorite show, and stay tuned for Episode 34 to see which show becomes our very first Listener's Choice. That does it for now. This has been Optimus Solo from The Telecast. Hi, this is Dan Gilbazan, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Gonna party! Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind? That's right. It's Joe news, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind? Every week on the Geekcast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Hey guys, this is Rob Paulson, and you're listening to the Geekcast Radio Network. Get ready for all new super zany wacky fun at... Series Playoffs! Series Playoffs! <laughs> it's gonna be wild! Saturdays! Hey everybody, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's new show, The Telecast, with some important information on our theme song contest. The rules for this contest are pretty simple. In season one of The Telecast, we will be covering 33 classic kids shows from the 80s and 90s. Obviously, all of these shows had theme songs, which sometimes can be the most memorable part of a show. This contest is going to test your memory on those theme songs. How is that, you may ask? Well, because we have taken 32 of those classic theme songs and smashed them into one three-minute clip. Your job is to identify the order in which these 32 shows appear in that three-minute clip. Also, you must be able to identify which one of the 33 shows was left out of the clip. Some of the shows should be fairly easy for you to identify, while others may be a bit trickier. For a list of all the shows in Season 1 and more information on the contest, visit the Telecast page at geekcastradio.com. Also, remember to tune in to every episode of the Telecast, because each episode will contain that show's theme song in its entirety at the beginning of the show, as well as the three-minute contest song towards the end of the show. This has been Optimus Solo from the Telecast, saying good luck and happy listening. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? All right, thanks for sticking with us through that commercial break, and you might be wondering to yourself how you can watch some Pee Wee's Playhouse now. Well, you have a couple different choices. First of all, on DVD, uh, Image Entertainment has released all 45 episodes of uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse on DVD. You can get... um, Pee-wee's Playhouse number one, which has 23 episodes. You can get number two that has 22 episodes, or you can get the complete collection, which includes all of them, plus the Christmas special. Um, And there is some bonus features on some of those that include uh, lost episodes or lost shows. Mm -hmm. So there is some bonus stuff that might be worth it, um, but you definitely can go the DVD route. You cannot go the Netflix route. No, not available on Netflix. On iTunes, you can get all of the seasons. Um, They range from about $11.99 to $16.99, depending on which season you're going to be getting. Uh, Or you can get them episodically at $1.99 a piece. So they're all available on iTunes. As far as YouTube, um, what did you find on YouTube, Mike? I found maybe five or six out of searching, and I searched it like four or five different ways. I searched it P-Wee Playhouse and searched it with just P-Space-Wee Playhouse, and I only found maybe seven or eight, five or six, seven or eight, something like that, and I watched those. Uh, Honestly, um, the quality sucks on every single one that I saw uh, because it's usually people that have taped it off a TV or 
just really, really poor quality. If I was going to get this to to watch it again, I would get that complete collection DVD set. Yeah, the the one episode that was good for me was the uh, I think it was the pilot episode. Maybe um, yeah. it was pretty good quality as far as pretty clear on YouTube. But yeah, some of the other ones are kind of hit and miss. Steve, did you watch any on YouTube? I watched a little bit on YouTube. Uh, they're not super quality, uh, but they they aren't. The the few that are on there aren't horribly bad either, but um, it, like you guys said, there's not a whole heck of a lot on there. Yeah, so I mean, you can go iTunes if you want, or you can go DVD if you want to actually own it, and you can get like some bonus features and, and real high quality. If you want to see like one episode and that's it, you can go to YouTube and just look, make sure you make sure you search for the original first, you know, kind of pilot episode because that's probably the best quality you're gonna find on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and if that's all you need, then that then you're good. If you want more than that, you'd probably should go to get the DVDs. Or I'm not a big fan of buying the stuff on iTunes, but I suppose some people are. Um, so it, it honestly depends, and that's that's a topic we can do another time about buying stuff on iTunes. But if it's something that is right there and you only want a refresher course for maybe one episode, it's two bucks an episode is not that bad. Yeah, and that seems to be pretty standard. I mean, that's what you can get when you buy like a, a, an episode on what is it, Amazon that offers that now too. Yeah, um, yeah. They're usually almost always a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. So you can go that route. Um, as for our IGN replacement crew ratings, I'll go first here. Um, I definitely loved this show as a, as a child. Um, it was something, like we said, that was completely unique that you couldn't see anywhere else. That was just crazy fun. It was only on once a week when I was watching it. So it was something that didn't get overdone, and you could look forward to watching it every Saturday, much like uh, Hey Vern, It's Ernest, which when I was watching it was also only on on Saturdays. So I definitely loved it as a kid. Um, I don't know if I necessarily need to own it on DVD. Um, it's kind of one of those the ones that I would think about, but it's more so something that I would probably just watch if I found it on TV or you know on YouTube or this or that. So I'm going to give this one a, a three out of four. Mike, um, if you're a DVD collector and you you know you'll you know you want a complete series on DVD, you maybe watch five or six episodes and then just shelve it. Sure, buy this on DVD. Um, for me, I give it a two. I I loved it as a kid; it was awesome. But nowadays, I just can't stomach watching it. It's you know, it's not god awful. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. But I just I, I've grown out of that phase of of enjoying that that wonderment and uniqueness that this show has. So I give it a two. Steve, I'd give it a three. I'd still watch it. And I, I I wouldn't own it per se, but I'd, I'd still right. watch it if I could get see it somewhere other than online. Yeah, for me it wasn't painful watching it. Um, no, you know Mike Mike seems to have a little bit of pain when he watches it now. But, but uh, he's also the same one that doesn't like Ren and Stimpy or GI Joe season two or uh, <laughs> He Man in in space, which those are all. Ones no, I like, was so. saying I, I I never said I didn't like GI Joe Deke series. I hate Sigma Six. That's okay. The okay. Difference there. <laughs> all right, you're all right then. But it just wasn't. It just wasn't. It wasn't painful to me. I could watch an episode or two of this without any qualms or without being bored or without being like hurt <laughs> or or in pain but but i can understand why, how some people wouldn't be able to it's probably a little bit uh too crazy now as an adult but i still would watch it if i if i ran across it on tv so uh, any last words for you mike you know if it gets a revival that'll be great wh- wh- whether it's in movie form or tv form that'll be just another thing that can kill barney um you know that that would be awesome to have it back on TV so kids can see it again. I don't think the the problem with this show is that I hate to say this, but the problem with the show is Paul Rubens is the star. He is Pee Wee fucking Herman. You can't get someone to replace him acting that the, the way that he did. He had that unique way of acting for that role. And while it's all well and good, if he wants to bring it back himself and he wants to do it himself, I just don't think it's going to be as popular if you recast Pee Wee Herman. The only way I could see it, I mean, I could see it if you found like the perfect person, but it almost seems to me that it would make more sense to do it in an animated form. That could work. Yeah, I could see that. Because but, he yeah. wouldn't be too old to do that, or there's enough mimickers out there that could 
that could do the voice part. Right. Um, that I could see that, and it could be somewhat of a fun little like cartoon version. But I don't know if it would be successful or not. But I, as far as trying to get around the Paul Rubens obstacle, that could be an option. Right. Yeah. What about you, Steve? Um, I could I could see a revival coming to it, but it, it would just really depend on how they did it. Yeah, I they would have to do it right. They would have to really stick close. I mean, for the most part, they can use all the original props or just update them and add new ones, right? Um, and get away with get rid of ones like the stupid neighbor and you know the cow and you know maybe because <laughs> the cow is like a Mister Ed knockoff. I mean, that's yeah. just but. They they would have to get people that either uh, appeared similar in, in look and could act it, but they'd also not have to update it too much to where they're wearing saggy pants and <laughs> a pimp suit. So yeah, it, it's gonna be it would be something that would either be really good or really 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 bad. Mm-hmm. It could go either way unless Rubens is directly involved, right? All right. Well, I'd like to take this chance to thank both Steve and Mike for joining me today, and obviously thanking all of you listeners for listening and tuning in. Um, if you want to leave us feedback on the show, there's a couple ways you can do this. Obviously, we read our latest iTunes review last episode, and we haven't got any since then, so please go to iTunes, listen, review, rate us, give us comments so that we can improve for you. Um you can also go to geekcastradio.com where you can comment on all of our different podcasts, not just the telecast. Or you can call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Just tell us which show you're leaving the message for and give us something to call you. Um, and obviously, if you want to keep up to date with all things GeekCast related, the best way to do that is to become a fan of us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash network, and Mike will give you updates on everything that is going on at GeekCast Radio Network. All right, so that does it for now. We hope we succeeded in entertaining you, informing you, and most importantly, unleashing the geek in you on this episode of the Telecast, and we hope that you will tune in for our next episode when we start our final block of shows. It's going to have a musical theme, and we're going to start with Sharon, Lois, and Bram on The Elephant Show. For now, I am your host, Optimus Solo, with... Steve Megatron Phillips. TFGO and Mike. And we will see you next time on another episode of The Telecast.
Best of time.